0: the LNS district. We're so glad you are joining us today. We are your hosts, Lillian and Sharon, and together we are the LNS district. We're representing the community of international students and immigrant professionals. We're here to share our thought provoking experiences, the experiences of guests and topics that will help you navigate and adjust to this new life and mindset on your global student journey. So step into the LNS district.
1: We are not legal advisors or representatives. We expect you to check for updates through the uscis website as international students or immigrant professionals as well as contact your international office as needed so hi guys welcome to another
0: exciting episode of the lns district podcast today we have an amazing guest with us but i just want to say that international students this is someone that you want to have in your corner he's an international student advocate um, so for today's quote, one important key to success is self-confidence. An important key to self-confidence is preparation. What does this quote mean to you? It's by a Grand Slam tennis champion, Arthur Ashe.
2: Yeah, I like that coming from, from a tennis champion. And, and so it's like, you know, I could I could prepare for a test, for example, for a year. If I don't actually physically go take a test, for that whole year i'm not actually going to experience what it's really like that's why it's so important to take a practice test actually be in the environment have your nerves flicker up um so yeah, i i you know i'd say i agree and i just add for us that remember you know prep but then also put yourself out there and get get those reps because with those reps and the preparation that's that's exactly where confidence comes from over time
0: and I think I can I can tie it into like job search or like being in um in the workplace, right? Like the way sometimes you may not even know what is going on, but the way you carry yourself and the way you come off as very confident pushes you further and like even grants you access to places that you may not necessarily find yourself in. And so I I definitely believe that like, you know, having confidence in yourself and your abilities definitely can be the um stepping stone to success so yeah that's what i think yeah
1: Yeah, i i totally agree and i think um for for me for someone who like grew up very like shy you know closed off introverts all of those things and um i had to learn how to be around people who are or, or learn how to be around extroverts for some things that i need so with that i had to like build the confidence and i had to as you said like put myself in those situations um like for example like networking initially i would be the only person like just standing in the corner waiting for someone to like say hi or say oh well, you know what's your profession or something you know but now i'm learning I, i've learned that and am still learning because it's like a, a daily thing for me um I'm still learning, like you know, in instances like that, you know, you know, I go, I'm like, hey, hi, how are you doing? Oh, I love your tie, you know, that's a conversation starter and things like that, you know, just to break the ice of being an introvert. But I need to be an extrovert to be able to connect with people or like get the things that I need from them or get more, you know, um, connection from you know the relationship that I want to build with them. So yeah.
0: So Sammy, if you could introduce yourself, tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. Um
2: yeah, Yeah. sure, so um, uh, So again, my name is Sami Hijazi, um, i probably lived in the U.S. now for something like 17 years, but prior to that, I grew up in a country called the UAE, where Dubai is, um, originally Palestinian and Lebanese, my dad and my, my, dad and my mom, um, and more recently, uh, I completed my MBA about four years ago. And in my current job, I just I found myself working with a lot of younger international students, co-ops and interns. And, uh, and so um, I started to help them out. I started to attend universities and speak with more of them, mentor more of them. And it kind of got me down this road um, where I put out a book and started posting on LinkedIn. And so, you know, kind of long story short, I feel like I'm someone who was once in the international students' shoes. But now, 17 years later, um, I've acclimated to the U.S. culture. I've built a network. I'm, I'm on a good trajectory with my career, and it's really, I feel, an appropriate time for me to give back. And more importantly, uh, you know, m- even encourage some of my peers to do the same. Um,
1: wow, that's that's really awesome. Um, so. How would you say, like, would you say, um, you know, from your experience of just having, um, you know, the international education and things like that, would you say um, that's what prompted you to start advocating for international students? Or was it like, you know, in your first instance of working with like someone in co-op and then um, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, like, I think, you know, people yeah. like this would need some coaching, some mentoring. Like, what, what was yeah. the aha moment for you?
2: To, yeah, like, no, Great question, yeah. Sharon. Like so, so I'd say like so. I, I'm I'm a little bit over 15 years in my career now, and uh, so I always uh, viewed myself equal to the other international students as I as I started my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I and, and prior to my MBA, I did manage international professionals in the U.S. Um, but I would say that at that point, I didn't have the same confidence I have now in the fact that I've acclimated to the culture. I kind of know. What are the, not the tricks, but what it takes to succeed in the U.S. corporate world. And um, and so after my MBA, once I started working at Wayfair, I had a chance to interact again with the younger international student population, co-ops, interns at university events. And, you know, very quickly, I started to get these kind of memories of when I was in their shoes. And, uh, and, and you'll see right away that, that, you know, international students, brilliant Kids, they want to win. They want to do a great job, but um, they struggle with the small talk part. Yeah, part of its language, part of its culture. They struggle with talking about themselves in a boastful way. Like, you know, it's okay if there's something that you do really well in the US and to and to let it out, right? Uh, they struggle to speak up in meetings if we're talking about co-op or internships. And like, so I, I in particular found myself encouraging a lot of these students to do that and um and and then I I just searched for opportunities in Boston to do more not just within Wayfair but outside um I got on panels in universities um I end up uh hosting my own dialogue series at some of the universities and through that just developed a lot of content which I felt I needed to put back out to the world but uh but I would say, like, maybe, you know, even five or six years ago, I wouldn't have had that confidence to do these kind of things. I know there are a lot of career advisors out there on LinkedIn uh, offering a lot of products and mastermind yeah. groups and self-learn. And, and you know, it's, it's awesome that they're putting themselves out there and they're sharing kind of what they learn. But uh, there's a lot of information out there. I'm cautious international students to focus on filtering for what you think works for you not everyone has the best method you know it's kind of your job to consume the info figure out what might work for you and 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 progress and uh, you know I'd say again six years ago I, I didn't have that confidence to share my experience but I do now
0: wow so for me personally um I find that I I learn best from experience and um with everything that you're doing now, can you share a bit about like, you know, your experience as an international student or like as a student living in another, another country and um, a bit about your educational background and, um, you know, some life lessons that you learned from there?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, uh, so I, it, I, as I mentioned, I grew up in the UAE. The UAE is 80% expat. Expat meaning people that are not from the UAE live there and so, for us expats, we go to international schools. So naturally, in international schools, it was a very diverse population. We had students from um, all over the Middle East, from India, from Pakistan. We had a lot of North African students as well, including some other countries like Ghana um, uh, and South, America, uh, uh, South Africa. Um, and uh, and we had Europeans, Australians, particularly like Brits from here. So. Uh, you know it, it forces you to it does two things one you get comfortable uh, amongst the the different um, cultures, cultures that represent at school but yeah. it also forces you to self-identify oh crap like well what am i right it makes it much more distinct it's not like this community of everyone's like me so you when when i went through that experience of trying to figure out who i am i realized like no you know i'm i'm not fully middle eastern like there are some parts of me that don't agree with what's going on in the culture there. Parts of me that I love about that culture. And so very early on, I knew I wanted to leave. And uh, and so when, when I graduated high school, I I went to the U.S. for undergrad. Um, I studied electrical engineering at Penn State. Um, and and then that's kind of my story. But I think yeah. that's so
1: amazing. Yeah. So. I wanted to ask, like, when you moved to um, the States here, um, you know, what was your culture shock moment? You know, did you find your, did you find it easy to, like, assimilate, like, into the system, make friends, the food, you know, things like that, like, studying, you know, how the different patterns, like, work compared to, like, where you were coming from?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, just, just to comment on the previous one. So, the best thing about my experience was definitely the food. Like, I was... I was so narrow in the type of food that I would like to eat and now I will eat absolutely anything and that's the part I'm most grateful for so like um but yeah getting to experience the diversity of food is great but no I I didn't assimilate easy for sure uh I I had many awkward moments not just socially but also in class um I um I learned you know even as I tried to interact with Americans as an undergrad that uh, it, you know, they, they were also very uh, cautious of the fact that I was an international student. So often when I try to relate with them, I talk about where I'm from, but a lot of people did not care. Um, and when I saw other inter- Americans interact with each other, they talk about, hey, I went to this high school, or I went to that high school, and they'd find their commonalities and similarities like that. It could have been a Penn State thing, it also could have been something that was just the case, you know, whatever, 15, 20 years ago. I don't know what it's like now for students. And mm. Americans are much more open because of social media and they've traveled a lot more than the other generation. But um, what I did find was uh, uh, a lot of international students getting together, just like yep. they did in the UAE. But more importantly, I was very, very fortunate to find a few Americans who I would say were kind of like me. Like mm-hmm. in the way they they were looking for something different out of their university experience, not the same old. Mm-hmm. And so they were comfortable not finding perfect similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, and were actually interested in the fact that I grew up somewhere different and I have an accent and I'm not just quite like them, right? Yeah. Uh, and I have, I have one friend in particular that comes to mind that's like, I would say from the first year just felt... It, it was an easier connection than with many others. Um, and, and as I talk to more students h- here in the Boston area, they can all recall a similar type of person in their lives, especially the mm-hmm. ones that try to branch out outside their international community, not just say, hey, if I'm Vietnamese, just hang out with the Vietnamese. Yeah. If I'm Indian, just hang out with the Indian. If you try to branch out a little bit, you'll, you'll find like that one or two American students that, you know, they they're interested to meet you
1: mm-hmm. and i and i think we, we've discussed that like you know on previous like episodes in the podcast i um, just saying like how sometimes that limits you from um just even experiencing even the american culture because then you're like oh i'm like Nigerian. I want to <coughs> hang out with only Nigerians and things mm-hmm. like that. And it limits you from, you know, learning like, oh, there's this thing they do called Thanksgiving. You know, how can I participate in it? Um, there's this thing they do called um, going to like hockey games, ice hockey. Let me participate in like going and like just, you know, getting to experience different sides of the culture. I feel like when you hang out with like the one group, you miss out a lot. to so apart from, you know, just having your educational experience, and I feel like, you know, sometimes international students were just so focused, okay, I know one or two people that are like me, they can, like, help me out with the things that I need, but then, um, and then we focus on the educational experience, but we also tend to forget, like, there's also a sh- social experience too yeah. to, like, you know, yeah. encounter and, you know, have, like, the back and forth from it as well,
2: so. It's, it's, emo- it's like, I won't forget, like, it's emotionally heavy. Yeah. Like, being here by yourself for the first time yeah. And so like, I, you know, even for me, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I branched out and I did that. But I, well, it, at the time, it wasn't easy at all. Like I remember it being every day was hard, right? Every day yeah, at, yeah. At, at school, every day, at, uh, you know, even trying to socialize. So you know, I just want to throw it out there that, yeah, it's not without like some growing pains. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but uh, but in the end, you know, you as a student, you have to decide what you want to get out of this experience, right? then I didn't pick Penn State because it was the best university honest to god like I had no idea what the right <laughs> answer was so I kind of did any mini mighty mo I'm like at least really? Penn State. like really seriously yeah I mean you think about it back there like I think the real reason I ended up choosing Penn State was because maybe a friend of mine in uh, in my class had an older brother that went there oh, it, yeah. it's like the silliest reason right so like it's very there's a lot of serendipity in It is a good school though so
0: it wasn't a bad choice (laughs) it wasn't it
2: wasn't a bad choice
1: yeah Um, (laughs) oh that's that's so funny because I remember my younger sister's friend I asked her like you know she's in she's in England so I asked her I said oh why do you want to go to Manchester University she's like oh well they have the best parties there that's that's why (laughs) um so I just wanted to
0: find out like what was your job process job search process like like, did you have a lot of rejections? Was it a trying time? Like, what was your experience with job mean, searching?
2: So like, uh, more recently after my MBA or during undergrad? Um, a bit of both. <laughs> a bit of both? Yeah. I mean, I was a completely different person um, when I was mm-hmm. job searching in my MBA, but I, I was not the model student as an undergrad by far. I think I went to like one career fair and honestly I had no idea what to do. I don't think I attended maybe more than one or two career services meetings uh, and, and I, I was completely lost. I ended up like not doing an internship, not doing a, I don't think there were co-ops back then. And so I graduated, I focused on my studying and so I graduated early um, and I ended up just going back to the UAE. I had an engineering degree, but um, in the UAE, the type of jobs that are out there are either like, there's some engineering and construction, but there's some sales, so I end up getting a sales job. And personally, like it felt like a huge downgrade uh, to me, uh, being an engineer, and uh, a year and a half later, I, I applied again to American companies, and at, at uh, Lutron in particular, where I went, They gave me an entry-level degree. So I had given up a year and a half of work experience to get back to a technical degree. But what I'll say about that, again, like I I go back to serendipity, Um, that one year and a half being a sales engineer was one of the most uh, impactful of my life from a learning and growth perspective. I did cold calls. I followed up and I was in an organized way um i had to push back and negotiate Uh, i had to build rapport through small talk and all in a culture in a country where i'm this young guy like and and they're very you know (laughs) why should we listen to you young guy you know like like in a lot of international communities like what what uh, credibility do you have or why should i trust you and so it was just this constant pushing and fighting and uh, uh, to kind of get sales, and I, and I didn't succeed, right? I, I was, I was not doing well there at all. But when I left, and I did my, uh, I joined Lutron in, an, in a more technical role. Internally, I was much, much stronger because I wasn't just focused on the technical side. I knew that relationships mattered. I knew that working across teams mattered. I knew that helping people learn and connecting them across a couple of working topics was very, very important. And I didn't intentionally do any of that. It was, it was just the fact that I had a sales role and I had built those skills. Um, so, you know, super, super important to build those, I would say, sales, storytelling, soft skills early on in your career. And at least for me, like, it was important.
1: Wow. That's, that's, um, that's that's very interesting because and i think um a lot of international students or immigrant professionals can relate because usually sometimes we tend to be like okay well since my opc is about to run out you know these people gave me an offer i'm just going to take it and then use that time to prepare myself for like you know the role i definitely want or the you know the company that i wish to like work for things like that um so, what would you say, like, or like? Can you mention like two qualities or like three qualities um, international students should possess when applying for jobs? Let's start with internships.
2: So, undergrad or grad?
1: Let's go undergrad. Let's,
2: Let's go, go undergrad. undergrad. Yeah. Um. So, like, um, I'm gonna be very cautious about what I say here. Um, uh, but what I, what I will say is look, if it's your first internship ever,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you, you, it, oh my God, like you you just need to get used to being like waking up at eight, probably. Something they're not used to. <laughs> That's very and true. Then, of- then, and then spending a full day at work without falling asleep and being present, <laughs> being present at your desk and being present in meetings. Um, and I'll tell you, like some of the challenges that I've seen with undergrad interns and, and cops is something as simple as not bringing a notepad and a pen to their to their meetings, or um, uh, they they join a meeting with their boss and uh, they spend like the first five minutes just pulling up the documents that they need to pull up online. Have that <laughs> stuff ready, right? True. Um, uh, not knowing or you know, n- not focusing on kind of like self reflection, like, hey, who am I in the meeting? What is the purpose of this meeting? What's the higher level goal? Right? Being very very narrowly focused on oh, my boss told me to do this. Okay, I'm going to do this perfectly. Right? And and so if it's your first internship ever, you know, you, you, I would say like you just need to go through the motions to kind of feel like feel what working at corporate like feels like and I would say the most important part about work in general, internship, co-op, first one or not, uh, is two things. It's gonna help you experiment. So what you learn at work is much, much, much more valuable than what you learn academically from an experimentation. What do I actually wanna do in my career? What kind of role? So if you are in that first internship and you're in marketing, yeah, learn everything that you can about marketing, but also find out, hey, who works with marketing? What are the other teams? they're a creative team is there are a sales team like what do they do Or oh, do they have roles for analysts as well that's kind of what you want to take away um the other part is benchmarking you know for your life you probably benchmarked yourself to your peers at school and your social circles and you probably did it on how smart you are academically how physically strong you are in sports and maybe like how 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 you know uh you know, how social you are, right? But when you when you get to work, you get to benchmark on a bunch of different skills that are career related and you kinda see, hey, you know, I'm I'm actually smarter than I thought I was. Yeah. When it comes to extracting insights. Um, wow, you know, when I run a meeting, I'm actually more confident than I thought I was. I thought all of these people that know what they're saying like speak very well. No, I actually speak very well. I don't know, I'm making this up now. But so that first internship is about learn what you're do- learn about the department, but learn about the nearby departments, uh, experiment. So if you have an opportunity to work in multiple departments, do that. And benchmark yourself, compare yourself to your peers to find out where you kind of uniquely stand out a little bit, because that's gonna be a, a big, big, big clue to what you should be doing in your career and where, where some of your success will come from.
1: Wow, that was that was so good. Yeah, like, no, I, I if, can really wrap up the wrap up the episode now. That was so 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 good. I can was, leave.
0: No 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 <laughs> don't leave yet. No, but I can echo just to echo what you were saying, like I completely agree with um you know kind of like using that first internship to figure out what you really want to do because i had the opportunity to do two one co-op and one internship and luckily for me they were both in different fields of engineering the engineering i'm focused on so it gave me the opportunity to know that okay maybe i don't really want to do manufacturing maybe i want to do more research maybe i want to focus on um films maybe i want to focus on packaging like it gave me you know a good comparison out of class and one thing I wanted to add was that um, it's also important to one of the engineers advised me in my first co-op that um, identify while you're on co-op or internship, identify someone in the company or someone that you work with that maybe you like what they're doing and aspire to get to that level. So look at the degrees and stuff that they have, the um, the um, experience they have, and then use that to also build yourself up as you um, start your career. So
2: Yeah i love that yeah i was
1: that was amazing because i I feel like even even in my first internship as a grad student because i wanted to have like a summer internship i um the department i worked for i worked as like the it person in a department for a hospital but then luckily i had like a manager that was so um you know helpful with my growth in that short period of time yeah i i
2: love i love that advice yeah and if i like absolutely like it's such a great way to network you automatically have an excuse to put a coffee chat on someone's calendar because you work in the same company and you just want to pick their brain like great advice um i also say like i, I want to add uh, don't work on adding the resume bullet of this internship at the end of the internship start in the middle because what you want to do is you actually know the whole story around the middle yeah, so if you started there and you share it with your boss or your peers um, by the time you're done your internship and you have a very solid resume bullet, it actually looks like a resume bullet that um, someone, so let's say if you intern in marketing, someone in a different marketing job in a different company would find attractive because um, you pick the brain of the hiring managers on your bullets. A lot, of, a lot of people leave that resume bullet till after and then they work with their career advisor. They never, never go back and check with their boss or their peers. Hey, does this stand out to you in the resume, right? So work on your resume, um, work, work on your, work, work, your resume both early and check it with your peers as well. But I love the networking advice too, obviously.
0: And and that's just a good segue into the next question I had for you. Um, you did write an ad, article about um, why networking is important. So can you share a few um, tips from um, that and what you personally think that as international students, we should really try to do when it comes to networking.
2: Oh yeah. I, I, I mean, obviously I have a lot to say about this. <laughs> well, is there, is there a single career, uh, career advisor, or career coach that doesn't talk about networking? It's like, it's like the thing to talk about. Right. So, yeah. you know, what I wrote in that article was more, um, uh, you know, and rightfully so, students are focused on finding a job, and so they want networking to be this tool that finds them the job, right? They're 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 time based, um, but what networking actually is 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 it's definitely this lifelong skill um, that you want to uh, continue to develop, um, and and I, w- w- what I say is. If you want to build your people skills and if you actually want to succeed in your first job in the US, networking is the best way to do that. Speaking to two to three individuals a week that you've never met is a great way to build rapport. So through um, small talk, uh, through even practicing your listening skills. But the international student typically is like thinking of it as a numbers game. It's like, oh, this guy talked to me. You know, they're, they're at Wayfair, uh, they're in category management, but I'm in ops, I'm looking for a supply chain. I wonder if they can introduce me to someone in the supply chain. Quickly, quickly, can you please introduce me to someone in the supply chain? And so they missed the whole point. Um, and, and this is advice that all career advisors say. I think what's missing is there isn't a better way, in my opinion, for students to build people skills in the U.S. while they're studying uh, 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 if they don't do networking. And so, like, I almost say, like, even if you're not really uh, uh, ready to look for a job in your spare time, you should be networking just to build those skills. Because when you join your company, how are you going to be successful if you don't know how to do the the small talk, how to how to tell your story? Right. All the elements that come with it. Take it, you know, uh, you know, for you guys, Sharon and Lillian, like networking is how you bring people like me onto the show, how you bring other panelists, how you expand your influence with what you're doing with LNS district. And it's this tool that you're using even outside of your direct work, right? And it's this, it's a skill that you're going to take for life. And it really opens up doors. And I think when you see a student who's figured that out and you see a student who hasn't, you can immediately tell the difference by how they interact with you in the first conversation and that student that's figured that out, in the mid and long term, they're going to be much more successful in finding a job versus the student that's like just squarely playing a numbers game.
1: Wow, yeah, that's, that's true. that. What you said about it being a lifelong skill, that is so true because um, even even from growing up in like in England or in Nigeria we skip out on the relationship that we could really like build work on and you know I'm I'm learning when I move to this country I'm learning like it's not about like you know even taking interviews it's not about like you know just wanting to be like the best person and just saying oh I have all the skills one two three four and then they, they ask me so what do you do in your spare time I'm like uh, I didn't prep for that <laughs> yeah you know so then i I've, I've now forget like i'm actually supposed to connect with the person who's interviewing me and like really make them comfortable i'm comfortable and even if i don't have all the great skills they're looking for but something's gonna make them feel like okay well we really like this girl we don't care if she doesn't have that one skill we can like take her on train her and things like that so yeah i think it's so so great you know anyone who's listening look write it down somewhere put it on your laptop on a notepad on your wall networking is a lifelong skill and um you know just now going towards like your book the international student handbook how to stand out and beat the odds in like your career what inspired you to write that
2: um yes i'll be very candid with you so (laughs) we love that (laughs) Um, what I'll say is uh, so like I said I I was speaking with uh, a few universities in Boston I did something called the dialogue series so I'd have a series on networking where we give like very practical tips like specifically what what to write in the notes stuff like that I did um, I did panels on uh, succeeding in your co-op and your internship what to actually do to make yourself stand out like the steps and so through those panel dialogue series, feedback from the students, feedback from the career advisors that I work with, I end up having quite a bit of content. Um, and I said, oh, okay, what should I do with this content? And I was, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't feel very confident to post on LinkedIn. I'm like, you know what? I want to talk to more universities. Let me package this up in a book and then let me put a website together. And then that book and the website is kind of my... Um, Credibility as I, you know, cold call or approach universities to say, Hey, you know, I'd love to do a panel with your international students on this topic. Uh, If you want more information, here's my website. Also, I have a book I'm happy to share with whatever. So, for me, really, the book is a way to um, open doors to universities and kind of like a, a little bit of a secret for your listeners. If you follow my LinkedIn and you I feature all of my articles. Yeah. By the time by the time I'm done posting articles, you'll essentially have like 90% of the book yeah. for free. So the idea was never to um, the idea always for the book was to open doors. I really think that all of the content that you guys share at LNS Describes the my book, even the master series that people put, like the content should be free at this point. And an astute student will find it. Uh, 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 and so it's, it's really not about the content anymore it's about the people like I think value in the future from a career advice or career mentorship is like more one-on-one with the people that you kind of click with and people that have the experience or the type of roles that you want to uh, grow into so, so yeah that, I think that's the that's the story
0: yeah. Um, so for anyone who hasn't read the book yet And who might not be following you on LinkedIn yet um, What would you say are like Maybe two takeaways from the book um, To kind of like Give um, international students an insight Into what is actually um, Written in there
2: Yeah I, I, the, I, I use the word people skills In the book a lot okay. and, and I remember as an international student If I could Um, do accounting for my time spent easily 80 85 90 percent of my time was uh, on academics group work studying doing a project going to class and what I really what I really want to push students to do undergrad or grad is to consider that time spent and to shift a lot of it towards social interactions volunteering for jobs, um, even taking group work more seriously. I can't tell you, like, as an undergrad, every time I do group work, I didn't care much for the group dynamic. I just, I didn't even try and lead. I I just kind of like, hey, where do I fit in this group? And let me do my little thing. And then let's see what grade we get, right? And then you see these other students that really step up and they want to over control the group. And they end up doing it in a kind of assholy way, right? Yeah. And so, okay, well, what happens when you're on the job? Are you, is all your work gonna be you in front of a computer? Absolutely not. You're gonna be on a team. You're gonna be working with other teams that are not your team. And so you're gonna wanna push an agenda and you're gonna wanna lead and you're gonna talk about what you did. And you wanna do that all in a non assholey way. Well, how do you do that? I think it goes back to your earlier quote at the beginning which is you have to prepare and then you have to practice you have to get the reps but by the time international students are on their first job or even started searching for a job their their skill set in working with people and especially in American culture is almost zero because they've been just focused on academics the whole time and so I in my book, I I tease out all the opportunities to practice those people skills, how much time you should be spending. And really, at the end of the book, I challenge the students to go and talk to to reach out to 10 people a week and to have at least two conversations per week. Uh, and, And in the U.S., networking is not a dirty thing. It's something people expect. Uh, and and if you if you do it with the right attitude and the right goals, build relationships. You know what was said earlier: invest. Don't try and reap the reward right away from the people you connect with. If you come in with the mindset that you're investing, you don't know what good's going to come out of it down the road. Uh, you end up being in a you end up positioning yourself in a much better place than the other students who just focus on academics uh, the whole time
1: wow uh wow that was so good because I mean what you have literally just said takes me back all the way to undergrad in England and that was me I would come in just like stay at my desk go to the bathroom come back to my desk you know just be that person but I understood here that you know when I had my first internship you know in the morning it was like hey you know how was your weekend and stuff and you know, so and for me, I'm usually like overwhelmed. I'm like, okay, what do I say now? And like, you know, so I <laughs> had to learn to understand that. Like, you know, even if I would say something, you know what, I actually went to the park. Uh, I spoke to my family and stuff, you know, just to make like conversations. I am learned how to like participate. Like, oh, do you want to show me pictures or something? You know, yeah. just learn how to interact with them in that little space. And then um, also understanding that i don't have to be limited to talking to just the people that the five people that i work with you know sometimes go to like the kitchen in the office and you know just sit next to someone be like hey you know what where are you from you know what department do you work in and things like that it it's it takes a while because in in the very just growing up it's it's just like oh, well, you're meant to be on your own. Just do your work. You know, it it becomes the focus on, you know, having that education and just focusing on education. Now you're at work. It's like your manager says, do A, B. And you're so focused on like A, B only. And then... You know, and then, you know, when performance review comes, they're like, oh, well, you don't communicate. And then you're like, wait, but I do my work really, really well, you know,
2: exactly.
1: things like that.
2: You hit on such an important po- topic. So like I said, I, I've i managed uh, international professionals prior to my MBA, I post my MBA more in the co-op internship perspective. The international student, you're right, sits behind the desk, wants to focus on their task, they execute their task very, very well and on time with high quality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they lack the communication part. When it comes to reviews, and this is not just for international students, this is honestly for any student out there, any professional in their early career, the manager has to make a case for the person that reports to them, right? And I could say that this person did XYZ perfectly and they're amazing, and whatever. But if no one else in the company or from their team or the group knows about these things, it's almost like it doesn't exist. I, it ends up being completely on the manager's shoulders to, to create a good um, perception of how this co-op, how this full-time hire, how this grad student did. But when the grad student does what you described, which is, hey, you talk to the people on your team in the morning, you talk to the people when you're going to get coffee. Well, guess what? Those, those conversations end up pivoting back towards work. Hey, I'm working on this thing. Do you have advice for me? Can you take a look at my email? Hey, you know, this is the insight I drew from this project. What do you think? Oh, and then based on those interactions towards the end, when it comes to your performance review, it's not just your manager that can speak on your behalf, it's these other people too, right? And, 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 and so yeah, okay, what about not just your peers, your boss's boss? Are you afraid to go to, to my boss to have a conversation? No, we should be proactive and ask about those things. You should have your boss's boss know what you do. That's yet another person who can be an advocate for you within work. Um, less pressure on your manager's shoulders to show people what what you actually do, right? You need to take some ownership there. It's it's something you learned along the way in your career, but again, one thing that we I, I try and push through the book and through my sessions is we we have an opportunity to do a lot more of that upfront.
0: I love that. Um, Because I'm a new professional too So um, Just hearing that I'm also taking notes And I'm definitely Going to implement that But I think What Sharon was saying Is very true Because Um i think the way we're raised or where you come from and the values and that are instilled in you at a very young age goes to sometimes tends to be a barrier to growth or a cultural barrier when you move to america because i had the same experience where i wasn't as open but um i had to learn that quickly and taking um um professional growth out of it or you know performance reviews or anything like that for me at my current company i You know, I was getting coffee one day, and then this guy came to stand next to me. He's like, oh, how's your day going? And through just me interacting with him, he's a finance guy, and I'm an engineer, so we don't really interact like that. Um, But he started telling me about stocks and investments, and I'm like, oh my God, I know nothing about this. I thank you. So for my own personal growth, I learned something from him just by interacting with him. So it's not always like you trying to... um, you know, stand out with people you work with, but like you can also learn things for life.
2: So, um, yeah, I totally so agree. Hundred percent agree.
1: Wow. Um, so, so what would you advise? Um, okay, people that are working internship co-op or you know immigrant professionals like you know what are some actionable ways they can start to like stand out in terms of just like um i think you already mentioned some but like what are some other ways um they can stand out in terms of just like beginning to groom the career that they want
2: yeah um so i'll give very very practical advice is like theoretical but the two the two uh things you can audit right away for yourself if you're working i mean it, did you ask about working professional or just anyone working, working. professionals yeah. yeah yeah so audit audit your meetings like literally go through your calendar for next week look at all the meetings in your calendar which ones are your meetings that you organize which ones are meetings that you're a part of right and for each of those meetings, like look to your past. Are you speaking up in those meetings, and or, or, or are you not? And when you speak up, how is what is your contribution? Is it a question, or are you essentially like a cog in the wheel? And you're the one who has the answer on the topic, and that's the reason you're in the meeting, right? I often tell I often tell uh, the students that I work with is like, if you're in the meeting and you didn't say anything, were you actually there? Like if no one if no one heard you speak and you were just listening, what actually happened? Like even if that is your role, even if your role is just a shadow in the meeting, unless someone explicitly tells you, please just listen, don't participate, feel free to ask questions. Yeah. And then if you're if you're in a role where you're part of the working group, you have to contribute. It's actually your obligation. It reminds me of this like uh, this TED talk by an admiral famous TED Talk, an admiral. He trained for a year to, um, to command the aircraft carrier. And then when the year ended, they told him, oh, you're not going to command this aircraft carrier. You're going to command this other aircraft carrier. So everything that he learned about the ship, it, it went out the window. And then, he, and then he talks about how he started to give orders on the ship and the, 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 the sailors would follow the orders even though they knew it was wrong. Right, And they said, no, because you gave us an order. And he's like, no, you should help me as the manager direct this ship. Mm-hmm. And so as you audit your meetings, if you are running your meeting, have an agenda. Make sure you stick to the agenda. Shoot, Focus on engagement, getting the group to engage. And then mm-hmm. definitely send a follow-up afterwards. If you are in- invited to a meeting, understand what your role is right and if, if people explicitly tell you that if someone doesn't say that you shouldn't speak speak if you have no idea what's going on in the meeting ask questions if you have an idea what's going on in the meeting, you have an opinion start sharing your opinion if you do enough prep going back to your earlier quote you can actually figure out what that question is ahead of the meeting right that's true. Yeah. And, and so, so that, that's practical meeting steps the other step is to make a list of people that you think you want to be like right and um, to work with your manager to see if you can get mentors within the company if you don't have a mentor and for the list of people that you want to be like to set up coffee chats with them in in the company Mm -hmm. and I'll tell you everything I just said my experience is that 90% of international students are not doing any of those
0: yeah that's real
2: it's true wow yeah I mean if you do them you'll stand out right away because people other people aren't doing them is it easy is it emotionally like to- is it at toll emotionally hundred um, and, percent and so you know the part that I didn't say which is difficult but like who is your emotional support like who is your you know your team Sharon's team, Louis's team, Sammy's team that you know that you can talk about hey I'm trying to do this thing at work with meetings I'm trying to have more coffee chats and go back and say, oh, I had this coffee chat went like that. I don't think I presented myself that great. I wish I said this. You need someone like that in your life. I don't care if it's your mom, honestly, (laughs) for me, for me personally, it was my mom for, for, (laughs) for a few years in undergrad. So I'm not embarrassed to say it, but uh, yeah, you know, know that this process is tolling, like it takes a toll on you emotionally. and, And you know, don't take it on by yourself. Don't take anything mm-hmm. on by yourself. Mm-hmm. Find, find someone to support you. I, wow. I, I, love that.
0: <laughs> this is, I don't know. This, this, it's been so part, helpful to me. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm just like, okay, this applies to you, girl. Take notes. <laughs> That's yes, me right it, now.
1: It right, does. Awesome. You know what? I want to ask a question. So I know you talk about like, you know, how, you know, we can stand out, you know, international student, um, immigrant professionals. Um, so, do you have some ways now so let's say i get in but then i'm like okay well I've, i'm doing these things like you know i've learned from like sammy's book and things like that now i want to like take my career to the next level i want to apply for that promotion i want to present myself in a situation where you know i can get more salary or um you know take on more roles you know, tips I advise that you know A professional you know person can like take to like you know get that growth you
2: know yeah yeah um so when i work with my mentors right i pick some mentors that i have that actually observe me in some of the meetings and then i'll reach out to them after the meeting and tell me hey what did i do well what could i what could have done different and they'll tell me something that hurts right Mm. but because i'm so open to it they're not afraid to tell me And it's on me then to take that self-reflect and figure out what I might do differently. And what I I also talk about this in the book and I have a a manager currently at Wayfair that taught me all of this by giving and receiving feedback. I, in the last three years, I've grown so much as a result of ingraining feedback giving and feedback receiving into my day-to-day. And it's like the best customized free advice that you can get it's better than any book and guess what if you get that feedback from people that you aspire to be like you're gonna you're gonna quickly start to become like them quickly Um, and it all depends on can you receive it can you show them that you're willing to receive it and can you show them afterwards that you acted on it And, and then give them uh follow up with them and tell them hey i tried that thing you you asked about it went like this that it was awesome thank you so much right yeah. give them that positive feedback so you can that positive engagement so that they can keep dishing it to you mm-hmm. uh, but yeah if, if you can build that tough skin get all that feedback no matter how much it hurts and get it from the people that you aspire to be like sharon yeah that that's what it takes yeah.
0: like feedback is very important and i love that you you stressed on this right now because um that was something I, I wasn't aware of that, honestly, when I started working and anytime I had one-on-ones with my boss, um, there was one time that I asked him, um, you know, like how am I performing? Like, it wasn't a performance review, it was just a one-on-one. And I asked him like, oh, you know, like, am I doing okay? Is there anything you need me to do but to work on? And then he didn't really, cause I don't work directly with him. So he didn't really know what to say. He was like, I don't really work directly with you, but, um, you know I think so far from what I can see you're doing okay so the next time we had a meeting he came prepared he had asked around and knew exactly what to tell me and so now it that helped me grow like in my career because even though because me asking that one question kind of pushed him to also you know come extra prepared so I love that you just said um we should ask for feedback because it's very important. And like you said, it's not, it's, it's how you receive it. It's not always going to be positive. So yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Um, I think, yeah, I think we, I think we've really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> this has been very, very impactful and very insightful. And um, awesome. we, we, it's been amazing having you on, Sammy. Um, how can people find you and support you? I know we've mentioned your book, and we'll try to include the links in the description. But how can people find you? Um
2: Yeah. Like I said, I, you know, the book is more of a way for me to get into universities. So if you want to read the content, go to my link, just my LinkedIn page, you can, you you can uh, follow the international student handbook on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. but more importantly, like follow or add me and go through the articles, all the contents there. If you really, really want to, want to help the cause and help me, like I'm looking to uh, as a next step, speak with a lot more universities and what I want to do is not just speak myself. Um, I'm actually looking to build a network of people that are also hiring managers that know what they're talking about mm-hmm. and to get them and come be panelists as well. So if, you wanna, if, you, if you'd like me to come speak at your university, you know, reach out. Um, uh, let's chat about how we can talk to your career services department and we'll take it from there. But sincerely, like anyone listening, if you guys want help, um i you know i'm i'm trying my best to find as much time as i can to do that so don't hesitate to reach out to me on linkedin and uh where i can help i will i I will try and make time and i'll do that
1: awesome awesome thank you so much sammy this has been really great um international students like make sure to follow him especially on linkedin and um as he said, network. So you can ask questions, you can send him a message. That's the, that's the start to like networking. Um, we really enjoyed having you on this episode. It's been so great. And this is the only Arabic I think I know. So shukran. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Sarah. <Sharon. laughs> Thank you, Sarah and Lenny. I appreciate you guys uh, giving me that opportunity. I, I do.
1: Thank you for joining us on this episode. We hope you have enjoyed it and it has been thought provoking for you. Don't forget to share, like, subscribe and leave us a comment on your thoughts and your own experience as it relates.